What did the resurrection actually cost? I want to read a few verses tonight. Going the wrong way. That's it. Praise God. Philippians, let's just burn a word of prayer before we bring God's word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the lovely time of worship and the anointing of the Spirit upon our worship. And we pray for your word tonight, Lord. We ask you that you would, you would bless your word, you would anoint your word. We pray, O oh God, that above all, the name of Jesus would be lifted up and he would be glorified in our midst tonight. We pray for any unsaved who are here tonight, that, Lord, your spirit would move upon them. We pray for any backsliders who are here tonight, that you would move upon their hearts. We pray for us as your people, for whatever situation we find ourselves in, that, Lord, you would bless each and every one of us and you would lead us and guide us. Above all, we pray that through your word, the name of Jesus would be lifted up and glorified. We'll give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' name. What was the cost of the resurrection of Christ? First of all, I want to read Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 to 11. It says, I count, indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him not having any righteousness of my own but that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that we may share his sufferings and become like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. We will look at that later on tonight. What is this power of the resurrection? But first of all, I'd like to ask a wee question tonight. What was the cost of your salvation? If you're here tonight and you're saved, what was the cost of your salvation? One of the greatest Bible truths is that God offers our salvation as a free gift. It's something we cannot buy. It's something we cannot earn. It's something we cannot do by, earn by good works. The Bible puts it this way. Romans, Romans 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God. You know, it's Valerie's birthday tomorrow. Aye. And we went out one day last week and we went to Forest Side and we went into the wee jeweler shop in Forest Side and I said, like, what would you like me to buy you for your birthday? And she picked out these lovely wee earrings. And of course, I went, she picked them out and I went and I got the card out and I paid for it. And whenever she gets those earrings tomorrow, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a, she, didn't, she didn't have to pay for it. But somebody had to pay for it. And if you go out and you buy someone a gift, you have to go physically into a shop, you pick the gift, you pay for it, and then you give it to that person as a free gift. So it is with our salvation. It was a free gift from God, but someone, it had to be paid for. The Bible tells us that there are two important truths about God's gift of salvation. The first of all, it says it's a free gift. But it cost, it was a costly gift. It cost someone something. Think of it this way. You know, 
um, you go to the shop, you buy something, you have to pay for it. It's the same with true with God's gift of salvation. Someone had to pay for this gift of salvation. To us, to you and I, it's free. But someone had to pay for it. You know, there is a, there's a, a, a Scottish evangelist, a Scottish pastor, who I'm very fond of, called Alistair Begg. I'm sure you've heard of Alistair Begg. He's a Scottish pastor who is a, a, he's the pastor of a church in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And he has a lot of wonderful Bible studies. And I was listening to one of us, we thought he was speaking about the cross of Jesus and the crucifixion. And he was speaking about the thief on the cross. Do you know, Jesus was crucified between two thieves. And whenever he was crucified, the crowd were deriding him, the crowd were mocking him, and these two thieves were mocking him as well. If, you're, if you were God, if you were really God, come down from the cross, save us and save yourself. But one of those thieves realized there was something special about our Lord Jesus Christ. And he realized that maybe what Jesus said and what the people were saying about him wasn't true. And maybe he was the Messiah. Maybe he was the saviour of the world. And he, this thief on the cross, he was maybe a murderer. He was, maybe, he was a thief, maybe a murderer, maybe a terrorist. Maybe he belonged to the IRA or the Israeli Republican army. Who knows? He might have belonged, he was a terrorist maybe. But he was there, he was being crucified. He was being executed. And he knew his time was coming to an end. And he realised who Jesus was and he said, Lord... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looked him in the eye. And those blood-stained eyes, the, the, the blood that was pouring down his head from those thorns, his eyes were stained by blood. He looked at that thief and he said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Now Mr. Beck goes on to talk about this thief on the cross. And can you just imagine exactly what it would have been like? He's executed, he dies... He arrives in heaven. And he's standing in heaven. And the angel comes over to him and says, What are you doing here? And the thief would look on him and he would say, I don't know. How did, the angel said, how did, you, how did you get here? He said, I don't know anything about it. I don't know. And maybe the angel will call the, the head angel over and say, look, we have a problem here. There's a guy in heaven here and he doesn't know how he got, got here. And maybe, maybe the, 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 the head angel will say, you know, excuse me, sir, are you clear about the doctrine of salvation? Are you clear about the doctrine of faith? And, and the, the thief would say, I don't know anything, I don't, I don't know anything about that. And the angel might say to him, do you know about the, the scriptures? And do you know about uh, uh, the, God's plan of salvation? And the thief would say, I don't know anything about it. And possibly the angel would say, well, what gives you the right to be here? And the thief would look at the angel and say, would say to him, the man in the center cross told me I could come. And that's the only reason that he was there. Because Jesus said he could come. And that's the only reason that you and I are saved today. Not because of what we know, not because of who we are, but because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us. The free gift of God was free to you and I. We don't have to pay for it. It's simply a gift. And just like a gift, 
You give someone a gift and, uh, and you hand it to them, they have to accept it. And tonight you need to accept the free gift. God offers you tonight a free gift. A free gift of eternity in heaven with him. It's completely free. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I accept it. Now, whenever you become a Christian and you accept the, the, the free gift of God, whenever you begin to grow as a Christian, that's a costly thing. Because to grow in Christ is a, is a costly thing. It costs the world. Love not the world nor the things that are in the world. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. To grow in Christ and get to know Christ better in your Christian walk is a costly thing. And it does cost the world. But the free gift of salvation is com completely free. But it costs so much. The free gift costs Jesus so much. Salvation included the life, the death, the burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Without the life of Jesus, we would not be saved. Without the death and burial of our Lord Jesus Christ, we would not be saved. Without the resurrection of Christ, we could not be saved. But what was the cost of the resurrection? What did it really cost Jesus? <coughs> Consider this. The verse we read out before. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. And every one of us today, no matter who we are, sometime in our lives, unless the Lord comes back, we will all go through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's all because of sin. The only reason you and I will die is because of sin. Adam and Eve, they were made perfect. And they would, they would have eternal life. They would have had eternal life if they had not disobeyed God and sin entered the world. The only reason you and I die is because sin is paying its wages. I want you to think about that. I want us to look at the character of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to look at it logically tonight. Who was Jesus? He was and he is God. He was God and he is God. In the beginning was the word, John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus in, in, the, in eternity past was with his father in heaven and he was God. So Jesus was in heaven. Do you know what Habakkuk says about God? Habakkuk 1 verse 12. Lord, are you not from everlasting, my God, my, God, my holy one? You will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. So Habakkuk says about God. You are my God, the Holy One. You will never die. So God, God will, can never die because he is God. God is eternal. He's eternal. He was in eternity past and he will be in eternity future. God can never die. And remember, Jesus was with God. He was God. So some people might ask a question. If Jesus was God... And God could never die. 
How could Jesus die on the cross? How could that happen? If he was God, and, and Habakkuk says, God can never die. And some people will say, Jesus couldn't be God because he died. And we'll use that stupid excuse because they don't know the scriptures. Jesus was God. Jesus became a man. And we read this scripture at Christmas time. Matthew 1.23 Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. John, John 11.14 sorry, John 1.14 says And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we have seen his glory and the glory is the only son from the Father full of grace and truth. So Jesus was God. Jesus became a man God incarnate, he was born on Christmas Day, we celebrate it at Christmas, he became a man and he, God himself, became a human being. But because he was God, because he was man, Jesus was still fully God. The God man. What does that mean he was still fully God? Colossians 1.19 For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. All the fullness of God dwelt in our Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing about God that Jesus didn't have when he was on earth, he veiled the glory that he had in heaven was veiled in human flesh. Because no man can look upon the glory of God and live. So the glory of God and, and human flesh was veiled. Veiled in human flesh. But every other attribute, every, every other part of God was, 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 was in the fullness of, of man and Jesus. He was still God. One thing about that, Jesus as a man was sinless. He had to be sinless. 1 Peter 2.22 Committed, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. So what have, we, what have we found out about Jesus tonight? Jesus was fully God. He was God. He became a man. As a man, he was fully God. And as a God-man, he was sinless. He had to be sinless so that he could become the sacrifice for your sin and my sin. But think about this. If you and I Someday we will die because of sin. Because the wages of sin is death. And if Jesus was fully God and man, and he was sinless, how could Jesus possibly have died? Have you ever thought of that? If he was, if he was sinless, because the wages of sin could never be paid to Jesus because he was sinless. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus was sinless, so how could he possibly have died? Jesus gave his head to the crown of thorns for us. He gave his face to human spittle for us, for you tonight, for me. He gave his cheeks and beard to be plucked out for us. Reese, would you like to come up and have a wee pull at your beard? <laughs> Don't think so. He gave his back to the last for us. He gave his side to the spear for us. He gave his hands and feet to the nails for us. And he gave every drop of blood, precious blood for us. That's what it cost the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to give you and I the free gift that we have as as salvation. That's what it cost Jesus Christ to go to the cross and we see the cross. And he went to the cross and all these things happened to him as a sacrifice. But here's what Here's what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The spotless, sinless Lamb of God who was God incarnate, who was perfect in every way, who could never die because he was God. So before Jesus Christ could die on the cross, something had to happen to him while he was on that cross. And the most horrible things that we think of, the crown of thorns, the beard being plucked out, the the nails in the hands and feet, the spear in the side, the back that was lost, the body that was marred more than anyone. The terrible things that happened to our Lord Jesus Christ. There was one more thing that had to happen that was worse than anything. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us. So the spotless Son of God, the perfect Lamb of God, who could be our sacrifice. He became sin. He took upon us, upon him, the sins of the world, of them. every man, woman, boy and girl, whoever would be born, whoever was born, and that includes you tonight. And that includes me tonight. He bore upon his body the sins of, of the sins that belong to you tonight. If you're not saved tonight, this is what Christ, the Holy Son of God, the spotless Lamb of God, he bore the sins of the world in his body on the tree. He took all the sins of the world on his shoulders, and because of this, his father turned his back upon him. That was the worst thing that happened to him. The the nails, the the, the crown of thorns were terrible things. But the worst thing that happened to Jesus was that he became sin. He bore the sins of the world. 1 Peter 2, 24-25 He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. He bore our sins, your sins tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit's in this place. And I believe he's speaking to hearts tonight. And I believe he's revealing to people the sinfulness that they are. I mean, we're all, sin- we're all sinners. We've all been born in sin, shaping and iniquity. And without Christ, we're on our way to a lost eternity tonight. But with Christ, he is able to take your life. He's able to transform your life. He's able to change your life. And he's able to give you an amazing life. And we'll look at this later on when we look at the power of the resurrection. He himself bore bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds. So you have been healed. You have been healed spiritually tonight if you're saved. You no longer come under the power of sin. You no no longer will face eternal death because of sin. You have been set free by the power of God. Essentially, Jesus, 
absorbed all of our sins into his body on the tree. He bore them on the cross and experienced the suffering in his body and soul that was due to you and I. He took the suffering that you and I deserved. Every one of us deserved to die because of our sins. But the love and the grace of our holy God, he was able to set us free. And he's able to set us free tonight. If we accept that free gift from God, the free gift we spoke about earlier on, faith in Jesus' blood, the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross, is able to cleanse every sin, is able to set you free from every addiction, from every power of evil, from everything that will hold you back and destroy your life. The blood of Jesus Christ is able to set you completely free tonight. If you accept them tonight, if you put your trust in them tonight, if you say, yes, Lord, I know I need you. Look at your life tonight. Look at your life situation. Maybe you're in a mess. Maybe you don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you don't know what way to turn tonight. I would say turn and look at the cross and see the center cross of the Lord Jesus Christ suffering, becoming your sin on on that cross for your salvation. Jesus died a horrible death. His father turned his back upon him. And I've said it before, there's one thing that God said he would never do with you and I, that he did with his own son. As a Christian, as believers, the Lord said, I will never leave thee, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you, I will leave you on your own, I will never turn my back on you. But his only son on the cross, because he became sin for you and for me, God the Father turned his back upon him. That must have broken the heart of God to see his son bearing all that sin, the sins of the world on the cross, that you might be set free tonight, that you might be given freedom, that you might be given a wonderful, amazing life. Faith in Jesus for atonement is what turns God's wrath from us, taking away our sins and justifying those who have faith in him. We've been justified tonight, Christian. We have been set free tonight because of what Christ has done on the cross. Jesus died and went into that tomb. The power of the resurrection. What is the power of the resurrection? Philippians 3 verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death. What is the power of the resurrection? Jesus Christ went into the tomb. He he was completely dead. He had gone. Life was out of that body. That body was lifeless. And that body was buried in a cold, dark tomb for three days. But for three days, the Lord Jesus lay there. The body of Jesus lay there. Praise God, he went into hell and he defeated the powers of death, hell and the grave. And something began to happen in that tomb. The spirit of the living God began to move. If the spirit of him raised raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit of the living God began to move in that cold, dark tomb. And that dead, 
lifeless body of Christ began to breathe. And as the Spirit moved in that lifeless body, the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit moved in the body of Christ. He began to breathe, he began to move, and he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And we heard this morning about the tomb, about the, the stone being rolled away. Not to let Jesus out, but to let the people in to see that he was alive. And thank God he's alive tonight, and he is here tonight. He is here by his Holy Spirit and he's moving in hearts up and down the aisles of this, this, this church tonight. And he's speaking to individuals in different ways. The Holy Spirit is moving in power tonight. And he's telling people he will never leave you. Whatever your situation is, he's telling you tonight that he's with you. He'll be with you all the way. If you're not saved, he's telling you that you need to get saved. You need to give your life to Christ tonight. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give, you, give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This is the truth of the amazing salvation that Christ has given you. The same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead that spirit that moved into that cold, dark tomb. The same spirit that moved into the death of the lifeless body of Christ. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, that, that, that they rose victorious. That same spirit tonight, if you're a believer, he's living within you tonight. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living within you. And if the spirit of Christ raised, if the spirit of God raised Christ from the dead, He's well able to meet your need. He's well able to undertake in your situation. He's well able to, to, to keep you walking with him. He's well able to bless you and to lead you and to guide you into an amazing Christian life. It's the same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead as living within me and within you. That's the amazing salvation that God has given you and I tonight. Is that not worthy of a praise? Is that not worthy of an amen tonight? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank the Lord Jesus. It cost the Lord Jesus Christ so much to rise from the dead. He had to go through the pain of being beaten, the pain and agony of the cross, the worst spiritual pain of being being made sin, who was he who was no sin, becoming sin. The pain of, of, of crying those words out, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabbatonite, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The pain of that, that agony, the spiritual pain that Christ would have felt when his father turned his back on him. And it's all because he loves you tonight. Hallelujah. It's all because he loves me tonight. It's all because he looked down, Christ looked down through the, the years, the eons, the, the centuries of time, and he saw you in your need. He saw you in the situation you're in. And he knew he needed to do that to set you free, to give you an amazing life, to give you an amazing life in Christ, an amazing future in heaven with God. You know, someday we'll stand before God. And we will see what the Lord has done. We will, we will see the reality of it all. And some people said to me, are you not going to be bored in heaven 
for centuries just praising God. But whenever we as Christians see the fullness of the reality of our salvation, the, re, the, the reality of what Christ has done, we will stand and we will praise him forever and ever. And we heap because he is worthy to be praised. Praise God. Praise his name. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I believe the Holy Spirit's here. We've seen in our wee church over the past lot of months how the, the Spirit has been moving amazingly. Over 200 people here this morning in both services. Church packed both times. People getting saved during the week at times. And the Lord beginning to move by His Spirit. We've been praying many, many, many months that God would move by His Spirit. And we're beginning to see the beginnings of it. What an amazing future we have in church because of what our God has done. And the Holy Spirit's here. And I believe He's speaking in the hearts. Let's just bow in a word. Let's just bow our heads tonight. Praise God. Bless the name of Jesus. I believe tonight the Holy Spirit is here. He said he would be here. He said he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He said where two or three are gathered together in my name, there are man in the midst. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is here. And he's speaking in the hearts tonight. And he's calling people to come to him tonight. He's calling people to leave their sin, to yield their lives. He's calling people to step forward, not, maybe not physically step forward, but he's calling people to say, yes, Lord, I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. What have you got to lose tonight? Apart from your sin. Apart from maybe the situation you find yourself in. When God's able to take you. He's able to change you. He's able to give you an amazing life. I believe tonight the Holy Spirit is here. I'm not going to make an appeal. But what I want to say is this. I'm going to pray a prayer. Just like the thief on the cross. You don't need to know very much about religion. You don't need to know very much about the Bible. You just need to open your heart and say, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I'm going to pray a wee prayer. And if you pray this prayer, you don't have to pray it out loud. Pray it in your heart. I want you to, if you pray it, I want you to tell someone afterwards. There are, there are the, those people here who will speak to you, who will pray with you, and show you more about God's salvation. Our Father... We come before you tonight in the name of Jesus and we thank you for your amazing salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the day and hour that you died on that cross, that you became our sin. We thank you for the day and hour you set us free. And Lord, I come to you tonight, Lord, as a, a sinner. I confess my sin before you, Lord, and I'm asking you right now that, Lord, you would forgive my sin. That, Lord, you would take me just as I am, with all my faults, with all my failures, with all my shortcomings, take me just as I am. Make me a child of yours. Come into my life and set me free. Maybe there's a backslider tonight and maybe you've wandered away. Lord, I just pray that 
for anyone who's a backslider tonight, that they would indeed pray and pray the prayer of faith and to come back to their Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the lovely time around your word and the blessing we've had through the worship and praise. And we just pray for every individual tonight. We'll pray for us as your people, that Lord, you would, you would bless us as your people. You would lead us and guide us and you would help us to serve you to the best of our ability. We praise your name. We give you the glory tonight. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.